Welcome back to another episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Durr, and today on the show, I am joined by Josh Hilliard, First Lights Whitetail Community Manager. Josh and I sit down to talk about First Light's emergence into the whitetail gear marketplace. First Light has stepped up huge for whitetail deer hunters, introducing a new camo pattern, a bunch of new whitetail specific pieces. I just got the source jacket in. Pretty incredible piece for whitetail hunters. Puffy jackets can be something of a nightmare for whitetail hunters because of the noise and they somehow managed to have a puffy jacket that's insulated, packable, and doesn't make any noise. So it can be worn as an outer layer, inner layer. As you guys have heard before on the show, I am a merino wool nut, and First Light's merino wool was my introduction to that company, and it always stays on my base layers. The furnace is my all-time favorite. So you'll hear all about that in this week's episode with Josh. Before we get into this week's episode, there is some exciting stuff going on here at the Exodus office. We decided that you shouldn't have to wait until Black Friday to save big on the Exodus render cell camera. So starting right now, save 27% on any Exodus render bundle by using the code RUT27. Guys, this is the biggest savings we have ever offered on the industry-leading Exodus render, and we really don't anticipate this lasting very long, so it's only valid for the first 270 cameras starting right now until Halloween, so October 31st. We haven't really shoved products down anyone's throat here on this podcast, so in case you're not familiar with the product line that we have here at Exodus, the render is our Verizon 4G LTE camera that works with any connected device and provides some of the fastest transmission times in the entire industry. What really makes uh, this camera special is that it's backed by the Exodus Advantage, meaning no BS five-year warranty, five-year theft and damage coverage, and best-in-class customer service. So guys, no need to wait until Black Friday. Save big right now. Save up to $140 on any Exodus render bundle using the code RUT27 at checkout. Head to the website exodusoutdoorgear.com and experience the Exodus render for yourself. With that being said, guys, let's get into this podcast with Josh Hilliard. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. Uh, today, I am joined by Josh Hilliard from First Light, the Whitetail Community Manager. Josh, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Appreciate you having me on. Looking forward to looking forward to talking today. Yeah, thanks for taking some time out of the the hunting schedule too. You've been all over the place already. Yeah, man, it's been a it's been a busy fall, and it's only the first week of October. I guess into the second week of October, and. I've uh, been on a few trips already, and I've, I've yet to step foot in the woods in my in my home state here. I'm itching to get out in Michigan, um, hopefully soon here. Is so. the weather weather looking as good in Michigan as it is throughout the Midwest? Yeah, it's it's um man like opening weekend. Um, There's like a big front that was like just hitting opening weekend, and I was I was down south on a hunt, so I missed that. And uh, I just got back on the seventh, and it's. It's just starting to heat back up a little bit and it looks like temperature is supposed to drop drop down again uh here in the next couple of days i think thursday is kind of the day i've got circled on my calendar to try to get out this week yeah definitely that's it's looking I, I don't remember a fall 
with the weather that we've had this early. So it's, it's really, uh, it's really nice. And people are having to dig a little deeper into the gear closet this time of year, not used to yeah. that as well. So yeah, um, having to go for the warmer layers earlier. Yeah. I had to throw the furnace on, uh, not too long ago. <laughs> I was like, just, but that, that is one of my favorite pieces, but we'll talk about that, um, towards the end here. So, sure. um, what let's, uh, give yourself a little introduction, what you do with first light, how you got introduced to the brand and, uh, yeah. the, the whole baseball card there. Yeah. Yep. So, um, my name's Josh. Uh, I live in, in Michigan. Um, been with first light now for about just, I guess, close to a year and a half coming up on a year and a half here, uh, end of the year. Um, before first light, I was with, um, the national deer association, um, which was, it was the merged organization from, uh, QDMA and the national deer Alliance. Um, I was a regional director there for about four and a half years. So covered, um, you know, at the beginning, a, a three state, uh, region in Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana, and, and worked with the, the volunteers of, of that organization. And then, um, kind of shifted my role, uh, as I was there a little bit longer, uh, towards the end into more of like a national kind of, uh, national kind of grassroots fundraising type role. I'm um, still do a lot of the same stuff, but also have like a little bit bigger of a focus. So um, First Light was one of the, uh, one of the sponsors of, of NDA when I was there and had, had been very familiar with the brand before that had been wearing their stuff for a number of years prior to that. Um, and just kind of saw, uh, you know, I've, I've met some of those guys through, uh, through mutual connections that, that uh, like Mark Kenyon had met, uh, met some of the first light guys through Mark at a deer camp one time and just kind of stayed in touch with those guys over the years. And, and, uh, uh, job posting came open and I was like, I'll throw my, I'll throw my hat in the ring there and see what happens. And, and, uh, uh, lo and behold, here, here we are about a year and a half later. I can't believe it. Um, still pinch myself, uh, every day. I feel very fortunate to get to get to get to work here at first light and get to do the job that I do. It's, it's, uh, heck of a lot of fun and it doesn't feel like work most days so feel very fortunate and uh man it's been a it's been a great almost year and a half yeah very cool um similar feeling for me as well working at exodus you know it's like what we do we are super super blessed to um like right now it's one o'clock on a tuesday and the the paychecks are rolling through and i'm sitting here <laughs> getting to talk about uh deer hunting and gears my two of my favorite sure, things man. yeah it's um, awesome so whitetail, the whitetail market has, um, obviously it's been a big push for first light anywhere you are, where there's content, you are getting uh first light ads, or you're seeing a lot more folks in the whitetail market wearing first light. So kudos to you guys. The push has been felt, uh, we've all felt it and the gear speaks for itself. Um, so first of all, I think everyone's introduction to first light was the base layer, right? The Marina yep. wool base layer. That's how the, the company was started. That's what it was based off cow back in the day, getting that stuff started. Yep. So, yep. um, oh, geez. Yeah. So the Marina wool was the introduction. That's the, that's what everyone knows. Um, we can cover that stuff real quick sure. and then we'll talk about more into the recent outer layer section. So give us yeah. a little rundown on the base layers. What makes them better than others? Yeah, man, I, I think I think that sets us apart uh, from from other folks. It's just like the quality of the Merino that we use. Um, it seems to be like a common, uh, common theme as you talk to people that 
our merino base layers are just softer, feel better on your skin than, than any of the other competitors out there. Um, we've got three different weights of the merino wool. We've got the wick, which is going to be like your 150 gram lightweight, um, uh, you know, t-shirt, uh, crew neck. Uh, I think there's a quarter zip in the hoodie. Hoodie is my personal favorite. I've, I'm wearing that thing, you know, almost the entire season. Um, just like a perfect next to skin, uh, piece. Um, you can wear that all the way through the season, even as you're adding layers on top of it. It's just, um, that's probably one of the, one of the most versatile pieces that you can use all year long is that wick base layer. And then it goes into the kiln, which is like the 250 grams going to be a little bit warmer as, as you start to get into late October, early November, really probably wear that pretty much all through November. And then as, as temperatures really start to dip, um, I think probably our, 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 most popular base layer the one that kind of um i think really sets itself apart from from the competition is the furnace which is our 350 gram just like so comfortable so warm um that thing is going to really get you through the late season um you know paired with you know the wick underneath there you can wear it next to skin as well i've, I've done that plenty of times and, and have, have been just fine doing that so those are our three levels of, of merino wool base layers, and they come in a variety of, of options then, whether it's crew neck or quarter zip or um, uh, a hoodie version, et cetera. And then we also have base layer bottoms of those some of the same weight classes where you've got boot tops where you know a lot of folks are are wearing the boot tops out west, so they're not getting bunched up in their you know hiking boots and things like that. There's zip-off versions. Um, and then also just your, your classic long john that are down to your ankles. Um, so multiple, multiple configurations and variations of all those different pieces. Real quick. Um, I have an entire episode on like the benefits of Marina wool on this podcast, yeah. but if, if folks yeah. haven't listened to that, what are the benefits to just using Merino as your next to skin layer? Yeah, I think, I think a couple things, first of all, it's going to keep you warm when wet that's kind of like one of the, the key features of merino um it's going to keep you warm when it's cold it's going to keep you cool when it's hot um and then also uh it's it's naturally like an odor resistant material so you're not going to build up odor as fast as you would like on a, on a synthetic um so it's going to going to keep you odorless for long for for longer um you don't have to launder it as much um to you know because it's not going to stink as much it, it doesn't allow bacteria to grow and that's where you get uh that's where you get that odor from is bacteria sure and yeah. also it's, it's it's uv it's like it's it's not going to shine it's like got uv like dampening so it's not going to shine uh if you're wearing that as like a outer layer so a lot, lot of a lot of benefits to merino wool yeah the um the fibers that merino sheep have like the the actual physical fibers are stronger as well and i think mm -hmm. for me personally the magic happens when you start to layer merino with merino and it creates yeah, those yeah. air pockets inside of the wool and that's what really keeps you insulated yeah and that, that's one of the reasons i like wearing the wick as a as a next to skin almost all year long just like a great foundation piece that you can just put stuff on over top of them too do you are you're always wearing the hoodie not always not always as i start to layer more i, I go to more of like a crew neck um just to avoid having stuff bunch up underneath but um, that, that wick hoodie is, is, you know, I wear it through the summer, you know, just, you know, fishing or whatever. And then that's going to be like my outer wear, you know, early in the season. Um, and then I'll, I'll usually wear that like the catalyst or something like that early season. 
Um, but as I start to put more layers on, I'm usually swapping out the hood for uh, uh, a crew neck just so I'm not getting bunched up back there. Sure. Yeah. For my myself, I always go with the t-shirt. I, I yep. wear the wick t-shirt first and then yep. I'll then go to like the, the wick hoodie on top of the wick t-shirt and then man, throw a vest on and I'm good through the fifties. Good to go. Yeah. yeah. Yep. For sure. So uh, moving on to some of the next level there, the, the outer mm-hmm. layer pieces have been. Um, so when the int- introduction to outer layers with first light, you have like your soft shells, the catalyst, everybody was begging for windproofing you know it's like yeah please first light just please give us some type of windproofing that happened this yep. year so why don't you speak on that yeah 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 that's that has definitely been a common theme from from folks that that uh pay attention to our stuff or wear our stuff or, or want to wear our stuff but it's always been you know where's the windproofing we want we want windproofing i mean we heard that loud and clear and we've been trying to um you know we've been trying to do that over the number of years here it's like our our R&D is pretty extensive. We're not just going to put something out there that compromises um, everything else that we do just because someone wants a certain feature. Like we want to make sure that feature works within the garment for the specified reason. So like a lot of times if you have windproof uh, layers and certain things, it can be loud. It can be a little bit louder, like, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to say crunchy, but you can, you can tell sometimes when there's, when there's windproof material or a membrane, in, in the fabrics. Our goal is to really try to make sure that our uh, our outer, outer outerwear is still going to be as quiet as it is, even with the windproofing. So we we worked with um, we worked to get to make that happen with uh, with a third party, and and we've got a new windproof membrane in our solitude kit, which is going to be like your kind of mid layer. It's like a great rut piece. Um, you know, as soon as stuff starts getting down in the you know, low 50s, 40s, 30s, it's going to have that insulation that's going to keep you warm. And then we also updated the Sanctuary 2.0, which did have windproofing in it before. We updated it to this new uh, windproof membrane, which is which is uh, an upgrade over the previous version. So we're we're super excited to have that um, in those two pieces. And those are, are two of our most popular pieces with the, the solitude and the sanctuary. So that's a that was a that was a big a big win for us to get that uh, get that stuff windproof and, and hopefully answered a lot of you know, a lot of, um, a lot of people's needs in, in that outerwear space. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think everyone knew it was coming, right? Well, you can't really have a whitetail garment or a whitetail line without having some type of windproofing, especially for folks in the Midwest, yeah. Kansas, yep. Iowa, like the wind doesn't stop blowing. Um, right. so I think it, now you're probably going to see a lot of, that's why you're seeing a lot more folks in it, in the whitetail space as well. Like yeah, for myself, for sure. I didn't, I didn't buy it before the windproof i was like well i I need something windstopper and now here it is um another new thing this year that i just saw released like very recently is the transfer pack what are the features on that baby yeah that thing is a is a sweet new pack for us that just released i don't know maybe two weeks ago um maybe not even that long ago um yeah that is a that is a brand new uh a brand new item for us kind of like our first um you know dipping our toe in the water if you will and and some hard good stuff you know it's it's uh mostly just been clothing and some accessories but this is kind of our first like big piece of gear that we've come out with um on, on the backpack front anyway and that thing is an absolute workhorse um i had a chance to kind of run that thing last year and uh, get very familiar with it and then um i have obviously been putting it through the test this year as well um and that thing uh has 
a ton, a ton of features. You can tell um, uh, it was designed by a serious whitetailer. Um, our, our senior product category manager in the whitetail space is Greg Farrell, and he has his hands and, and fingerprints all over that pack. I mean, it's just like any little detail has, has been thought on that one. Just like little things from like zippers on the outside of it on the top lid that go either way. Um, so depending on what side of the tree you set your bag on, you, you can easily orient the, the, the zippers to be right there at your hand. Um, all kinds of internal storage and pockets and things like that. Um, on the inside and outside, um, uh, it's got a built-in bow rope. Um, even if you just use it as kind of like a um, like an extra one, if, if you forget one, you, you got one right there in the front pocket of your pack. It has a tree stand carry mode that you can zip off the, the bag and attach the tree stand right to the frame, put the bag on the, on the um, frame of the tree stand, latch it into place, you're good to go. It's got spots to put your sticks on the side. Um, or the front uh, fits saddle gear, no problem. That's what I've been running on there. And I've I've torn down and set up a saddle more times than probably I have all last year, this year. It's been a, it's been a run and gun type of year. And so I've, I've put that bag to the test um, and, and carrying in sticks and platforms and all that kind of stuff. And it's also got like, a, it's got the, the storage space on the inside, but then you also have a, a nice, um, you know, a bucket, if you will, to drop a, you know, any extra layers or, whatever you want in there. I, I, you can, uh, last year I fit a nearly a whole solitude kit inside the bag on all day rut hunt that I had to walk in two miles for, you know, I was, I was staying all day and loaded that puppy up and, and walked all the way into the tree and crossed the river a couple of times. And, uh, that thing carried all that stuff. Great. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a big pack. I mean, it's not, it's not some tiny little minimalist pack, but, um, what's really nice about it is you can cinch it down, um, with some side straps if you don't want the uh, entire capacity of the bag. So it doesn't feel like you're carrying around this giant bag um, when you got it cinched down. And um, it's got some zippers that go down the side. So when you have it in the tree, it, it kind of opens up nicely. You can kind of get into the get into the, the guts of the, of the pack, if you will, and do whatever you need out of the, the organization pockets and stuff. It's been, it's been very well received. I've seen a lot of, a lot of positive feedback on it. So excited about that one. Yeah, I have as well. You can tell the attention to detail was not missed there. Um, what there seems the packs, <laughs> that's an interesting category. I mean, everybody I talk to on this podcast, their one complaint is that they don't have like nobody has a perfect pack, you know, like yeah. there's things like, like you said, the zippers, people are like, well, the pack's yeah. nice, but the zippers are louder. Yeah. There's just always different little features that uh, yeah. it takes a lot of thinking and a lot of um, like Greg did a, a super good job on that pack. Yeah. I'm excited. Agreed. To see that. Agreed. And it's got, it's got Molly on it too. So you can, you can customize it with, with different attachments that you want. And, you know, I think that's one of the cool things about this pack is, is a pack can be so, um, gosh, what's the right word? Like it's, it's so personal to how people want to set it up. Yep. Um, and I think that's one cool thing about this pack is it's, it's very, um, it, it lends to that very well where people can kind of set it up how they want and make some, uh, you know, additions uh, to it if they want certain things on it. Um, but also just right out of the box. I mean, you can hunt with it. No problem. However you want to set it up. Yeah. It's super slick and comes in the first light specter pattern, sharp yep. looking. Um, yep. sharp looking camo there. That was new for last year, correct? Yep. Spectre came out last year. Last summer was kind of the, the official launch of 
of the new Spectre camo, um, which is a which is a whitetail specific pattern for us. Very cool. So yep. let's go. Uh, is there anything else on? Oh, another whitetail specific piece that I just ordered yesterday morning: the source jacket, the puffy yeah. the puffy for the whitetailer. Let's talk about yeah, that man. piece. Yeah, the source jacket. That one. Um, that one's a, a new favorite of mine. Um, again, got got to use that last year and and quickly quickly realized that's like one of the most versatile pieces that we have. Whether it's you know it just basically lived in my pack all year long. Um, and as temp started to drop in the evening or whatever, I'd, I'd put that thing on or first, you know, in the morning I'd, I'd wear it until things started to, to warm up a little bit, even like these early October timeframes. I know we were talking about it being a little, you know, the, the temperatures in the Midwest here have, have been a little bit lower than, than typical. Um, so, I mean, that's just like a piece that can really be, um, worn as an outer layer because it's designed, uh, to be worn as an outer layer. If you need it, it's not like your classic puffy. That's like loud and swishy like if you rub it together like if you're scraping it on bark in the tree or something like that it's not it's 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 designed to be a very quiet piece and also more durable than like your standard puffy that you know there's some puppies that you you look at a uh you look at a stick and it tears you know um certainly not the case with this one so um the source the source jacket is uh is a must you can wear that thing all year long either as an outer layer um, and then a lot of a lot of folks will will wear it as a as a mid layer, like under a catalyst jacket or even under like a solitude or, or sanctuary if you're in some extreme um, extreme temperatures. Like I was in North Dakota last last December. Um, there was one night there where it was like a wind chill, like negative forty degrees or something, or something crazy. It's like you already had the sanctuary, you got about every layer on. You had that sanctuary two point on. You throw that solitude on underneath, just like a little bit of added insulation that that helps for sure. So super versatile piece essentially lives in my pack all, all year long and, and, uh, you know, busted out in a variety of different scenarios. It's, it's a great piece. And when I talk to a lot of guys on here, I always ask them their layering system. And mm -hmm. there's been a few folks that like a puffy is their must, you know, there's like yeah. some type of puffy layer is their must. And, um, there just wasn't one for a whitetail guy, you know, like, like you said, the, you get a neck on them, the feathers, the downs everywhere, they're opened up. They can't take water. Like you get them wet, right. it's over. Right. Um, and they're loud. They're just so loud. And as so a tree, tree stand bow hunter or whitetail hunter, whatever you're doing, the noise was the biggest thing. So now sure. uh, it has been answered. I'm super excited to add that. I just ordered it Monday. So it, oh, nice. I got There's the tracking. Honestly, there you yeah. Go. Yeah. So that I'm super excited to add that. Awesome, man. Yeah, it's a great piece. Certainly, certainly like that one a lot. And, and, and I don't know if you're going here next, but I, I guess uh, one other, one other new, new item on the, uh, on the whitetail side is the origin hoodie this year. Oh yeah. Um, that launched kind of, that was kind of early, um, kind of launched during turkey season there. Um, and that's, that's a great new piece as well. Uh, a great mid layer um, or, you know, early season outer layers as, you know, get down into the, in the fifties and whatnot. It's got the built-in face mask, the kangaroo pocket, um, it's got the, uh, thumb holes for, for layering as you get later in the season. Um, again, listen to some feedback that we we've received on, on other garments we've had over the years and, um, have tried to take those, those comments and, and, um, you know, put those into, uh, into our gear development and process and what we're doing and, and trying to make things that, that people want to wear. And, and that origin hoodie's certainly been, uh, uh, a great piece as well. You pair that with a source jacket. I mean, you're, 
you're you're covered for almost all of October. You know, I think that gets you through a lot of the a lot of the scenarios you, you face in October, and at least in the Midwest, Michigan, Ohio. Um, obviously, there's some, you know, as you get further north, things start to get colder a little bit sooner. But um, certainly, a couple of great versatile pieces. Yeah. So as you guys can see here, uh, what I mentioned earlier, the the whitetail market has definitely been a strong target, and we have been um, catered to with, with the new pieces. So let's kind of talk about uh, yep. what you're wearing throughout the season. So take yeah. it from, um, take it from like a 60 degree high to a 40 yep. degree low, and then we'll just move throughout the season. Yeah. Yeah. So early season, I'm wearing a couple different things depending on kind of that temperature range on the higher end of that. I'm typically going to go like the obsidian boundary pants, which are going to kind of be like our lightest white pants on the white tail side um, and a wick hoodie. Um, that's kind of my, that's kind of my go-to for some of the early season hunts. Um, I've hunted in that from, you know, 95 degrees in, in Idaho last year to, you know, you can, you can get that down into the, into the sixties, no problem. Um, one that thing that's nice about these Merino pants is they do, you know, they do help keep you a little, little warmer as those temperatures start to drop a little bit. So you put a, a pair of, of, you know, wick base layer bottoms under those, you, you can get those down into the fifties, no problem. Um, as you get a little bit to that lower end, um, and I'll just say like, uh, I, I'd just adjust it, like maybe throw on a catalyst vest or um, that source jacket or something. If, if you're starting to, you know, get down to some lower temperature ranges on beginning or end of those sits, you know, just depending on how you run. Um, I, I tend to run on a little bit of the colder side and get cold a little bit easier than, than some folks. I, I've got buddies that run super hot and can wear a lot less than I do. Um, and I've, I've probably got buddies that run colder than I do, um, but just all like kind of dependent on, on your body and, and how you react to, to temperatures. Um, as I'm starting to get to the lower end of those kind of like early season uh, temperatures, you know, early October, late September, depending on where I'm hunting, like catalyst bibs and jacket is going to kind of be like my next system, if you will. Um, and then just layer appropriately under that. Um, uh, that's kind of, you know, pair that with the origin hoodie. Um, I can wear the origin hoodie as an outer layer with the bibs. I've done that plenty of times before I've got the, the catalyst bibs and just the, the origin hoodie on throw on a jacket, uh, if I need. Um, and then kind of moving later into the year, uh, kind of that, that rut time frame or pre-rut, and end of October, early November, uh, I'm, I'm most likely going to be switching over to the solitude system. Um, get that insulation, get that, you know, the, the windproof in it now, um, which is going to really help kind of um, keep you warmer longer. Um, that's that's kind of my my rut system, if you will, wearing that through most of November. Um, and then just, again, kind of adjusting layers underneath as need be as temperatures start to drop. So the higher end of those kind of temperature scales, like once I'm kind of dipping below 40, I'm, you know, 45 and below, I'm typically going to start running the solitude system. That's just me personally. Some guys might wait longer, can wear that catalyst a little bit longer. Um, I just like, I don't know, to me, I just like being warm. You sure, know, yeah, it, you know, comfortable. It, yeah, exactly. It kind of helps it make a, you know, last a little bit longer out there. And, you know, if you do get an opportunity, you're not... I, I tend to get the shakes, you know, and a little, little buck fever oh, yeah. when you're cold. It seems to be, uh, it seems to, to exaggerate that a bit more. So, uh, I just like to be comfortable out there. So I, I may, I may throw on, um, a solitude a little bit earlier than most folks, but typically I'm not wearing that into my stand. Cause I don't want to be all sweated up. Um, 
you know, I'll pack that stuff in and, and put it on at the base of the tree or, or whatnot. So, and I'll just uh, adjust my layers as, as it, you know, the temperatures start to drop, swap out of kiln, you know, a kiln base layer for a furnace or, you know, add a kit, add a, add a uh, origin hoodie on top of the kiln. Um, you know, maybe I add the source jacket, um, things like that. And then that like extreme kind of like late season, when you start to get into the, the single digits, kind of the, the teens and single digits and below zero, that's where the sanctuary 2.0 is really going to come into play. Um, I know some folks probably aren't getting those extreme of, of temperatures uh, in the year, but you know, where I hunt in, in Michigan, we're definitely getting that in the late season. I, I know folks in Wisconsin, Minnesota, the Dakotas, um, geez, even where you're, you're at in Ohio, I'm sure you get a few days each year that are are pretty damn cold. So that that sanctuary 2.0 is really going to kind of be like your late season extreme temperatures. Um, that 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 system is so dang warm, man. It's <laughs> it's incredibly warm. So um, that that's one you don't bust out until it really gets cold out. And again, typically running at that point in the year, I'm I'm typically running for furnace base layers under that. And then a, a you know origin hoodie um, and whatnot. So, sure, yeah, I have always um, kind of been the same way. I run a little colder, so I break out the warmer layers a little bit sooner. But I'm like, yep. why not be comfortable if you're going to be out there? Exactly. Um, exactly. They always say the best camo is not moving, and if you're warm or if you're cold, you're always moving to yeah, try to stay fidgeting. warm. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And, and one for, piece I actually for, forgot uh, to mention on on my system, I, I've I like to wear like lightweight gloves. Um, so we got that sanctuary hand muff that I'm, I'm pretty much wearing, you know, and again, I'm probably breaking that out pretty early too, just to, just to keep my hands warm. Um, Cause I'm, I'm not wearing big bulky gloves, especially when I'm bow hunting. Um, so that, that sanctuary hand muff is a, is a, is a must for me. Do you go with the talus? Talus. Yep. That's the, the talus fingerless is typically what I'm wearing. And um maybe one other glove that is not out yet <laughs> ah. has kind of been my go-to i have been i mean if you go through my truck there's probably six mismatched pairs of talus fingerless oh, gloves that yeah. i buy yeah. one every year and they're great i mean fantastic yeah i mean you think like you think like a lightweight glove like that is not going to do the, the trick but again you get that merino wool and it really surprises you and how warm how warm your hands can stay you know, even the fingerless version, right? Like keeping, keeping the, the bulk of your hand warm. And if you got it in the, uh, in the hand muff, or I know a lot of guys will just use the uh, kit link pass through in the, in the outerwear, you can get into the, the uh, kind of the kangaroo pouch in your, uh, in your bibs that that's works great as well. And get that you know, body warmth from, from your core is always super nice too. And, so And they dry super fast. Yeah. Like those dewy mornings. Um, I hunt on the ground a lot. So when you're you're in the grass and you, your hands yep. are wet, they dry super quick. I yeah. I can't say enough about the the talus gloves. Yeah, um, they're great. I had something on the tip of my tongue and I forget. Oh, um, do you wear the face masks or are you just going with the Origin? Yeah. So so if I'm wearing the Origin, I use the Origin face mask unless like it's it's like the extreme temperatures. Um, I'm gonna wear a, a more heavy duty uh face mask um if it's like early season i do have like and i'm not wearing the uh origin hoodie i do have like one of the arrow wool net gaiters that i that i'm using uh to cover my face as well sure what would you say is um your favorite individual piece of first light hunting gear 
Oh man. Um, it's hard not to like the solitude system just because like I, I spend so much of my time hunting, um, like that time of year, like that's, that's really when I'm starting to log a lot of hours in the tree stand is at like late October through November. Um, that, I mean, it's hard to beat that. If I had to pick, and I know that's kind of like a jacket and bib combo. If I had to pick just like one piece, um, that's like a must have for me. Um, I really think that might be the source jacket right now. I just think that's like such a versatile piece. Um, it's, it does everything I want it to do. Um, it's just like a packs down really small in the bottom of my pack. Uh, like that, that's probably like my number one piece of gear that, you know, I think is like a must have um, for someone who's going to be like a serious white tailor and spend a lot of time in the woods. Sure. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm excited for that piece. Any, uh, any thoughts on the sawtooth line? Sawtooth line. Yeah. That's, um, that's a kind of a interesting, like an interesting, I, I, when I first saw that, I was like, Oh, this is, this is interesting. It's so for those of you that haven't used it, it's a, uh, it's a Merino, it's a Merino jacket or vest. Um, there's a vest and jacket version, but then it only has insulation on the front, um, which is kind of cool. And I was like, oh, what? And, and the more I think about it, I was like, oh, it's like when you have a backpack on, like when you're hiking in the mountains, it's, it was more of like a Western style piece that, that ended up in the whitetail line because I think it's also very, uh, a versatile piece for, for the whitetail um, hunter as well. But you're not getting all sweated up on your back, right, with, with the added insulation on the back. Um, it's a great piece for like layering under, um, uh, you know, your, your, your solitude or your catalyst, just kind of that added layer of, of, of warmth and, and you're getting the benefits of Merino with that, with that faster jacket. So super nice piece. Um, I, I've used that a ton as well over the years. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of the sawtooth line. Yeah. That, that's something I wear almost every hunt, the sawtooth vest yep. almost every time. Uh, I have the jacket as well. I don't wear it as much. I don't, I don't find myself wearing the jacket as much, but yeah. the vest I always do. Yeah, I, I have a couple other vests and a couple different. I got Inspector. I've got a, a solid. I think I've got it maybe in like Fusion or something. I actually don't have the jacket. I've, I've never had the jacket. I've, I've always just gone the vest um, as kind of like a kind of a core, you know, something to warm up my core, um, you know, under some of my other outerwear. Yeah, sure. For uh, for bow hunters, the jacket is really nice because the arms are a little bit tighter. The, in mm -hmm. the on your arm so for bow hunting you don't have that bulkiness so yeah. I, I did appreciate that i just i don't ever um i don't know i just never have to go to that for my system i just always would rather go with the vest yeah yeah it, it's it's a super nice um again you're getting the you're getting the benefits of of merino so it's going to be quiet it's going to be you know it's going to keep you warm it's not going to and it's not going to get stinky on you um so definitely a definitely a solid piece in the lineup yeah Definitely. All right. So I want to talk a little bit uh, about your, your whitetail gear outside of first light, what you're using yeah, sure. outside of first light. So let's, let's break down um, the bow and arrow setup. I mean, that's the, that's yep. the key thing, right? You can't bow hunt without yep. a bow and arrow. So what, what's that yep. look like? So my, my, uh, my bow setup is a, I'm shooting a Matthews V3. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's my, my bow. I think I've got like 65 pound limbs on it. Kind of at, at, for me that feels like a good kind of spot to be at um you start getting later in the season you know I've, i'm not too uh i'm not too um proud to admit like you get into that late season those 70 70 pound plus limbs get a little harder to pull back you know and as it starts to drop so i feel like 
still getting plenty of plenty of aero speed 65 pounds and uh, that that seems to just be a, a sweet spot for me where i feel real comfortable um so that's my that's my uh that's my setup on on the bow gosh i can't remember the name of i switched um i switched releases this year i'm, I'm still shooting an index one but it's more of the, um uh just a little bit different setup on the end it's it's not like the the clamp it's more like the fang the type. Hook, yeah um the hook it's a b3 uh King? it's like a hawk hawk maybe yeah. hawk i think yeah. is what it's called yeah um been real happy with that i've been probably shooting better than than i ever have um this year um i say that and i'll probably go out and miss a buck now <laughs> thursday but i'm um, no. feeling feeling confident feeling confident with my shot and and uh the setup this year which is which is always you know, you know half the battle for sure definitely what's the broadhead of choice there I'm shooting the uh, the Swacker, uh, the Levi Morgan blue uh, uh, broadheads. Shot those last year and had a had a had a lot of a lot of success and with those last year and very confident uh, with those heads screwed on right now. Did you get to put those to the test on his farm? I did. I That's did. pretty sweet. <laughs> yep, Buck is sitting right up over top of my uh, my desk right now, and and that was a. That was one of his signature broadheads that did the trick on his farm last year. So that was uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, what would you say is one thing that you will not hunt without outside of your essentials to kill? Boy, I tell you what, this year with I, I've I started my whitetail season in August, and I, I've been on some very warm weather hunts this year. It's <laughs> in the early season; it's a thermosel. That thing has been a that thing's been a lifesaver so far this year. You know, coming back home, I'm not too worried about you know probably the rest of my season. I won't need to worry about that too much as as we kind of get out of the mosquito time frame. But man, that thermosel has been a lifesaver this year for the hunts I've been on. You can't beat a thermosel, but um, I have been I have replaced mine, and it's yeah. with it's with a spray or a lotion. Uh, Sawyer's makes a product mm, yep. that is called Picaridin. And it okay. comes in uh, the blue label. It's a blue label. Gotcha. Okay. And it has 100% replaced the thermocell for me. Ooh, I need so to check that out then. I don't have to turn the thermocell on. I don't have to worry about where it's positioned. Yeah, no that is nice. Yeah. I, my setup works out. I've got like one of the, um, so I'm, I'm hunting out of a tree saddle primarily. And um, I got like the, the gear kind of hanger and, and I've got like a clip on my, uh, on my thermosol. It usually sets up pretty nice. I just pop it right in there, but man, you go through those cartridges and that butane quick and those oh, yeah. stuff's not cheap. So yeah, anything that could potentially replace something like that, one less thing to carry in the woods is, is always nice. Yeah. And you wear it on your skin or you spray it on your clothes and it's scent. Free. I mean, it's not a hundred percent scent free, but nothing ever really is, but yep. yeah, it's hundred percent uh, North Dakota this year. Uh, in September and you will get eaten alive and carried away by mosquitoes and um, South Carolina turkey hunted in South Carolina this spring and I hunted with in the swamps of South Carolina and the guy's like sitting over there calling and he's like whacking and I'm looking at him like what are you doing dude like we're never going to kill anything and I have that picaridin lotion on my skin not bothered interesting how's it like is it is there a scent to it or is it like uh unscented or is it it's it's scent free um there is there is some type of a scent to it but i don't know what deters them or what it is but i I it was yeah man it was it's something that i i can't recommend it enough to people like i wish that i should have stock in that product because every time (laughs) someone talks about a thermos i'm like listen you don't have to take one with you anymore 
just yeah. put this stuff yeah, on nice. or spray it on you before you go. It's, it's a dream. Um, so if you had to choose and, uh, you've hunted a, quite a few places throughout that series with the method, um, yep. and a lot of things throughout the rut and the, the early, uh, pre-rut phase deer are more reluctant to, or not more reluctant. They're more reactive to calling. You're able to call mm-hmm. in deer a little bit more. If you had to pick one to take with you and you have to leave the other one home, a grunt call or rat on the others, what are you taking with you? Grunt call just for what, me personally. What What's um, your reason in there? Uh, that's just what I've used more. Um, like I, if I'm hunting at home, like I, I really don't even pack rattling antlers in Michigan. Um, just one of those things that like the deer here in the age structure is not one that um, sets up well for rattling, I guess, um, at least like where I hunt. I'm sure, I'm sure folks have had success with it here in Michigan. It's just not something that I've had success with here in rattling. So I, you know, I think uh, grunt tube is, is going to be more what I'm, I'm going to go to here at home um now i'm going to kansas this this fall this november and i'll have rattling antlers on that hunt for sure um but i just feel like for me personally uh, a grunt tube is going to be more of a of a um, non-aggressive uh tone or a call to them um i, I think in, when you're hunting some pressured deer in, in certain states you know all deer are pressured right but there's some states that get more pressure than others i, I think a grunt tube is going to be more of a call that they're going to be uh, receptive to than banging together antlers um, in a in a place like Michigan or Pennsylvania or some of these heavily pressured states. Sure, yeah, my answer is the same. In Northeast Ohio, Western Pennsylvania, I've never ever rattled in a deer ever. Yeah, um, yeah, same. It just doesn't happen. But I have an Iowa tag in my pocket, and I'm calling everyone like does anyone have a set of rattling antlers? Cause I'm going out there and I'm banging those suckers <laughs> together. Oh yeah, for sure, man. You have to out there. Cause it's a whole, it's a whole different ball game, man. Um, it's fortunate to hunt Iowa last year and killed a buck over a decoy. Like I never would have done that in Michigan. Just, you know, again, it's not something I've had success with. Some of the spots I hunt with in Michigan are not, don't really set up well for a decoy because they're mostly like wooded tracks. Sure. Um, I don't want to put a decoy out where they're come around a corner and just is right there, you know? Yeah. Um, but I just think like you get into some of these states that have, you know, better buck to doe ratios, better age structure, like those more aggressive calling tactics are going to work on some of those more dominant mature bucks, um, you know, in a place like Iowa or Kansas. Yeah. So I've been, uh, extremely blessed with my position here at Exodus. And one of the projects that I work on here is whitetail cribs. So I get to travel and just hear deer stories all over the country. And when you go to states or you go talk to guys that have hunted in Iowa or Kansas, every story was starts with I tickled the antlers together. Yeah. I rattled the yeah. antlers together. I'm yeah. like, deer don't respond to that here. But I just filmed an episode with a guy, Steve Noble, and he's in southeast Iowa. He's in the Mecca. And he says that if he sees a deer that's a quarter mile away and he bashes those suckers together, they cannot resist it. Yep. It's yep. wild. It's yeah, wild. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm looking forward to that hunt. I'm going to, I'm Jared Scheffler and the hell out of that place. I'm going to run over. I'm, <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm, man, I'm going to go nuts. People Ground are going to hate pound, me. Just, yeah, all over the place. Love yep. it. Um, so you mentioned your, your saddle hunting this year. How long have you been yep. doing that? Jeez, last four or five years, something like that. Really? Um, so early adapter. Well, yeah. 
early yeah 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 um i just have liked it i i I hunt a lot of public i hunt like like my primary place i'm hunting in michigan is just a small like little 40 acre um a little 40 acre piece and it's all wooded so it's not like it's not like um okay i've got this food plot here that i have a, a tree stand i i do have a couple like sets in there that are that are set up that I'm, I'm, i'll go to but i just like to bounce around i think it's my third year there this is my i guess geez this might be my fourth season there um and i just have, have found myself bounced around that place a lot just because the deer are are really kind of you know haphazardly using it there's a couple spots that you know they're 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 using consistently but um it it seems to be a farm there's not like a lot of consistent movement on um so i am, am pretty much just adapting to to what the deer are doing um at that point um and i just have found that like i'm more i'm more uh i'm i'm more likely to be more aggressive or like move spots than i would if i just had some preset tree stands you know what i mean like i would get i know like at 3 30 in the morning i'd get lazy when i roll out of bed it's like oh, i'm just gonna go hunt that spot because that tree stands there and i've done that before sure. but like having like something that i'm setting setting up and tearing down on each hunt just has made me um you know think a little bit more about you know where i want to hunt and why um as opposed to just going to sit in the spot because i've got a spot there sure yeah so um i adapted some saddle hunting three years this is my third season um doing some type of saddle hunting uh what's your saddle setup look like sticks platform all that Yep, I got a couple different a couple different things that I, I find myself almost using. Um, uh, like, I don't like one more than the other. Um, where I, you know, just use that only. So I've got I've got a, a, a tethered uh, I got a tethered phantom saddle. I got the uh, I do have the one that just came out in the first light cam, which is pretty sweet. Um, so I got that, uh, and then I'm, I'm usually running a, a predator platform. I do have a Predator XL that I'll use, like, you know, if I'm kind of at my least, I don't have like a, a real far walk, but like, I don't mind the, just like the standard size one. I like to saddle hunt because it's like less to carry in the woods. And, you know, I, I don't mind like the smaller platform. Uh, I, I will take the bigger one if I'm going to go for like an all day sit or, you know, it's, it's not going to be like a cumbersome thing to, to bring in with me. It is sometimes nice to have some more foot room. Um, so I'm running that. And then I also have the, I've got the Timber Ninja c1 sticks and the tethered one sticks and i'm, I'm using those kind of i like to have like two sticks i can kind of go back and forth between if i if i if i have a spot that i i want to hunt one day and you know so you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna hunt this again in the morning or the next day but maybe something changes or maybe the wind ends up switching i like to have another set that i can you know again you know just grab it out of the truck and and go so I'd, that's kind of my primary setup there um i just four sticks i don't get crazy with all the aider suader all that kind of stuff i just keep it pretty pretty vanilla um i just find that's that's easier for me i can be quieter just doing that kind of stuff than trying to do all kinds of crazy things to get up you know a few feet farther to save a, a few ounces i just you know, i'll carry four sticks instead of two or three or whatever and just i feel more confident in that especially coming down or going up in the dark not messing around with all that kind of stuff sure those uh timber ninjas have the built-in aiders too don't they i do have those i do have those and, and i do use those um in certain trees sometimes i'll just run them just normal uh, but if i got a tree that i want to get up to like a split or i got to get over a certain limb and i need to get up a little higher than usual i'll, I'll, I'll definitely use those just pull cool. the, pull the cables out and use them 
So a couple more categories here. Uh, mm-hmm. Boot choice. What what's on your feet? I got the lacrosse Arrowhead Sports. Is what I'm I'm using for a rubber boot. Like nine times out of ten, I'm wearing a rubber boot. Um, if I do have quite a hike in or like on a, out in Idaho, this you know we had a had some spots we, we were getting pretty far into and and water wasn't really an issue. It was pretty dry. I I, I do run some hiking boots from time to time. But I'm I'm probably nine times out of ten wearing a uh, you know a knee high rubber boot, and of course with a merino wool sock. Exactly, merino wool socks uh, for sure. Cool. Um, so I have a. I'll just wrap this up with like a couple kind of rapid fire questions, mm-hmm. like this sure. or that. So yep. fixed blade or mechanical broadheads? I I I always I've tried the fixed. I just find myself going back to mechanicals every time. Okay. All right. Uh, For white tails, I'm using mechanicals. Okay. Uh, lighted or non-lighted knocks? I like the lighted knocks. We're legal. Yeah, good point. What's your what's your lighted knock of choice? Honestly, man, I don't even know what it's a nocturnal something. I think is what mm-hmm. I'm I'm using. There's only one or two that are able to be used for my arrow, and that's what I'm using. So can't. Yep. Sorry, don't know the don't know the brand. What color though? Uh, gosh, I think I went with orange. I've, I've had orange, I've had red, I've had blue. Typically I, I just get whatever's in, in stock. Yeah. Not yeah. That, I don't think I've seen orange. That's pretty neat. Yeah. I haven't seen either. I, I kind of like it. So if you, um, if you had to choose to hunt out of one or the other only tree stand or saddle, uh, saddle, just cause that's what I'm doing mostly. Okay. Same scenario here. Camo or solids. Camo for me. A hundred percent. I'll, I'll, I'll go solid bottoms from time to time. Um, just kind of depending on the situation. Sure. The whitetail woods. I'm, I'm almost always going to camo though. Sure. And if you had to pick one state, you can only hunt one state for the rest of your life, your favorite all time whitetail state where are you hunt. Oh gosh. That's hard, man. Um, honestly, like, it's hard not to say Michigan just because like that's where I'm my glad, roots are. Like, I'm glad you I, went I, there. <laughs> I, I love it here. Um, like the hunting is is not nearly up to par as some of the other states I, I get to hunt. But man, it's hard to beat like the tradition of like Michigan hunting. And you know, it is what it is. Like in terms of like some of, some of the traditions are not great <laughs> um, here. But it, it's hard it's hard to beat a, a northern Michigan deer camp for for the rifle opener. Um, so I'd have to say Michigan more for nostalgic reasons than, than big deer. I'm glad you went there. Cause I was going to, I was going to call you out for, for, uh, <laughs> for throwing your home state under the bus. Um, are you much of a trail cam user? Uh, yes and no, I, I use them, um, more as just like gathering some inventory. I, I haven't like, um, no, I'll, I'll make some decisions like in season based on what I'm seeing. Um, I've got a couple cell cams. I haven't like gone fully down that that rabbit hole yet um definitely definitely use trail cameras as a tool um but uh i could probably do more with them than sure. i do sure so on an out-of-state hunt you get to you get to travel a lot are you deploying yep. trail cameras out of state I, i'm typically so yes I've, I've i've started doing that more this year just because some of the some of the hunts around were uh like some been on a couple of public land hunts this year and and uh didn't know a ton about them so i've i've, I've been flying on a lot of these trips which is great for like mm. 
saving time. It's not so great for like being able to take whatever I want. Sure. Um, I've had to get like, that's like one downside to flying. Uh, it's like, I just want my truck. I just want my truck with whatever I can have in it, like whatever I can fit in it. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had to get real efficient with like what I take and like, I've really like kind of, uh, kind of cut some things out that I had thought I needed, but I don't really need, I, you know, as long as you, you end up not using them ever, but I have started packing a trail camera, throw one in my boot or something in my bag. And, uh, I'll bring a, I'll bring a trail camera pretty much on all these hunts. I'm typically just bringing one and we'll move that around as the week goes. Um, if there's a spot, that's great. I'll try to get one up there or, or, or move it. If nothing's happening, try to try to get some Intel, some real-time Intel on, on those quick, you know, out-of-state hunts. Sure. Yeah. That covers that. I was just going to ask you what your strategy was on an out-of-state trip where you're hanging them. Um, yep. Maybe, maybe your favorite location or what you're targeting, but um, I'm sure that's dependent on the time of year that you're there. Yeah. Time of year on there. And, and honestly, like where I'm at and, and how those deer are, are using the, the, the landscape there, you know, hunted in South Carolina in August, which is, which is very different than hunting even Georgia, just a, uh, you know, a month and a half later and beginning of October, just like patterns have changed the key on different things The one in South Carolina, there was a lot of ag around. So, you know, and they're still very much on their summer feeding patterns where, um, in Georgia, just a little bit different, not any ag, um, trying to find some more sign scrapes, things like that this time of year, um, are starting to happen a little bit made a mock scrape in Georgia and, uh, got a, got a, a few deer and a couple guys on it. <laughs> so I got, so not, not, uh, that's pretty much how that trip went though. So, so that trip was not, did not go as planned. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, it, I kind of had some expectations to be tough hunt, but it, it lived up to the expectations. <laughs> yeah. Hunting the South is not something I have a whole lot of plans to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. I mean, it's, it's cool. I mean, cause it's a whole new, like, you know, whole new like culture right like it's it's a different deer hunting culture down there than it is up here and it's it's awesome to see those traditions that they have and and uh it's it's cool to hunt whitetails in in different areas and and realize there's still whitetails whether it's 95 degrees or 35 degrees yeah i think that's uh i think those are good concluding remarks here so i took up an hour of your time Thank you for that. Um, is there anything that you want to leave off with or is there anything you don't want to leave this podcast without mentioning? Uh, well, when is this going to air? When is this uh, going to air? Probably next Friday. Okay. All right. Well then I'll say that, but yeah, you can, um, you know, I know we just kind of high level overview of some of the, some of the Merino wool and Spectre camo and first light gear, like check out our website, um, all kinds of great information on there, not only about Spectre, but all of our different camel patterns and what goes into, uh, what goes into creating those, um, kind of the technology behind our gear. Uh, all kinds of great videos and, and resources there on our website. You can check out if you want a, a further in-depth uh, view of what we've got going on over at First Light. And if anyone wants to contact you or find out what you have going on or follow along with you, where can they find you? Gosh, uh, probably the spot I'm most active is is Instagram. Um, and I should probably know my handle off the top of my head, but uh, let me see what it is here real quick. Uh, just josh.hilliard. Uh, so at josh.hilliard. H-I-L-L-Y-A-R-D. Super easy. All right, Josh, thank you for the time here and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Had a, had a great time chatting with you.